the line of thinking initially was that everything was kind of processed in the same place. Yeah. What, what our research is showing us now is that... Like back in the day, you're saying like back in the medieval yeah. day, everybody assumed that it all came through one channel. I w- yeah. Sure. So maybe not medieval, but you know, in the beginning of audiological research. <laughs> the 80s. Right? Got yeah, it. Okay. So sure. Sure. <laughs> Welcome to the Ask an Audiologist podcast, real audiology white papers written by real audiologists and explained to you by a real audiologist and a guy who isn't. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Michael Squires and Kevin Zener. Welcome back to another episode of Ask an Audiologist. I'm Kevin Zener. And I am Dr. Michael Squires. Dr. Michael, it is so great. To be back with you. But we also have a new member of the team. Daniel is our original OG editor who we affectionately call Jerry. But Jerry has a new running mate and his name is David. So if you ever have any issue or you see something that needs to be pointed out, do not come to Dr. Michael and I. Blame Daniel and blame David. Straight to Jerry. Perfect. Yes, straight to Jerry. All right. Perfect. Settled. Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. All right. Today's episode from Dr. Deanne Rudden of Longmont Hearing in Tinnitus in Longmont, Colorado. She brings us the article simply titled, Why Can't I Hear in Background Noise? So, Dr. Michael, pretty simple yet convoluted question. Let's get into it. Give us one hyper-specific reason why every single person in the world can't hear with background noise. Well... Quite honestly, our <laughs> brains are not really great at it. Okay. Okay. So there's <clears throat> the line of thinking initially was that everything was kind of processed in the same place. Yeah. What, what our research is showing us now is that. Like back in the day, you're saying like back in the medieval yeah. day, everybody assumed that it all came through one channel. I w- yeah. Sure. So maybe not medieval, but you know, in the beginning <laughs> of audiological research. The 80s. Right? Got yeah, it. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Great. But anyway, uh, everybody, you know, in research at that time was thinking that speech and background noise and music and everything was kind of processed linearly in the same in the same place in the brain. Got it. Well, now I think what we're realizing or what our research is showing is that the brain is trying to split these things up. Okay. And so what we have to rely on for patients with sensory neural hearing loss Mm -hmm. or a permanent hearing loss is we have to rely on the technology that's within the hearing aids to artificially overcome those issues. So, so let me ask my dumb guy question. So initially it was thought if I hear a sound of any kind, it goes to one spot in the brain and it sits there in the waiting room to be processed. No different than everybody else. Yep. Now what we, we know now through a bunch of audiology research is depending on the sound, depending on the frequency, the decibel level, all this, it could be pinging to dozens of different spots to be translated or transmitted in dozens of different ways. Yeah, so to, to, to really break it down. Yeah, break the, it down. To the dumb guy level. Further, to the yeah. real dumb guy Breaking level. Breaking it down for dummies, Yeah, right? So the ear collects the sound, mm-hmm. right? The cochlea, which is the organ that's responsible for hearing within the ear, yeah. is what is breaking it down to a frequency specific level and then sending it up to the brain. Okay. The brain is then breaking it down into its elements. Got it. So our brain uses timing, intensity, and frequency cues to tell us where a sound came from, whether the sound is dangerous, what that sound could mean. Is it speech? Is it just something in the background? Is it a, uh, you know, a saber tooth tiger sneaking up on us? Right. And so what we're realizing right now is background noise per se is relatively new to our brains. And so our brains have a little bit of difficulty 
figuring out what which is which. So what is what so speech versus noise. So okay, yep. perfect. So there's like if I'm just in a quiet room and I hear a noise, I, I probably know where it's coming from and I can sure. probably guess what it is. Sure. That gets diluted when there's more ambient slash background noise yep. happening. And that is harder to process when I have hearing loss. Oh, absolutely. Well, okay. the hearing loss is stealing away cognitive resources. So Got your it. brain has to work harder. Got it. The, the brain has to work even harder above that okay. when you add complexity to the environment. Got so it. anecdotally, uh, I can tell you that patients come back and they, oh, I like my hearing aids, but I still can't hear in background noise. Sure. That's one of those things that's either or that's either very difficult mm -hmm. or difficult to rehabilitate. Got it. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I always uh, think of is it's always hard to hear when it's busy anyway, right? Yeah. Like we we were at dinner not too long ago, and it was this really happening, hopping, like Asian restaurant where the kitchen was open concept and there's plates cleaning this, that, and everything oh, else. Yeah. That is probably an extreme. So most people probably struggle to hear in that um, just normally, even sure. if we don't have hearing aids or hearing loss. Like what is a good barometer of, hey, I'm I'm in this social setting, I'm within the social gathering and I'm struggling to hear like what... Again, an example, because we love to give examples because then they put B-roll over our examples when they do our video clips. Yeah, it's great. What's a like good example? One opportunity less to see our face. Exactly. What's a good example of, hey, if you go to like a house dinner party with six people and you're really struggling to hear, that might be where you want to go get it tested. Yeah. The, so there's actually two questions in there that I hear. I hear, at what point of struggle do I go, ooh, maybe there's a problem. Sure. The other question I uh, hear in there is, what can you do in that situation to make it easier? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? And maybe that wasn't your question. Maybe I'm just no, no, no. telling I, you that's what you're I think is. it's first is like, hey, I, I think I have an issue. And I think I have an issue because I should be able to hear. And then obviously we're, what we're going to get to is, and then how do I treat yeah, it? Yeah, what do we do about yeah. it? Okay, so I would say that if it's a really difficult environment mm -hmm. and you look left and you look right and your friends are going, I can't hear. Yeah. I can't hear what you're saying. Then- you're probably within the norm. Yeah. It, you know, there's a whole host of other reasons to go get your hearing tested sure. as a baseline. We're, we're clearly not just saying at one dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> if you're struggling to hear, go immediately yeah. to an audiologist. Right. But uh, you could always get a baseline and then you'll know. What I would say is if you're, if you're really struggling mm -hmm. and you're feeling isolated and you feel like you can't participate in the conversation. Yeah. Maybe you and your friend should go get your hearing tested, Got it. right? So yeah. I think it's I think it's uh, how you feel about that situation. If sure. you, if you feel like you can't participate, why not get it checked out? Yeah. Right, get a baseline. The other thing is is if there's an issue, obviously treat the hearing loss, yeah. right? And we recommend if you're gonna if you're going to go through this process and you, you're going to find out that there's a permanent hearing loss there, mm -hmm. then follow the recommendations of the doctor that that you're seeing sure. to treat your hearing loss, whether it's a hearing aids or cochlear implant or whatever the situation yeah. is. But when physically, when you're in that environment, what you can actually do is ask for a table in a corner. Mm. So with hearing aids, well, let's use that as an example. With hearing aids, they're designed to kind of force some directionality, sure. right? So it yeah. gives your ear an easier bite, sound bite to give to the brain so the brain doesn't have to process so much information Got it. in that environment. And so if you can keep your friends in the corner... Mm -hmm. Right. Put your back to the noise. Unlike baby, we uh, need to we, put our friends yeah, in the yeah, corner. Yeah. Don't keep baby in the corner. Mm -mm. Keep your friends. Keep in your the friends corner. in the corner. Yeah. Exactly. So there's nothing behind them. Yeah. 
to compete with. Okay. So now you've got their voices and then the hearing aids are designed to, to create a spot behind you. Got it. That is taking care of some of that background noise. Is it going to be perfect? Nah, yeah. probably not. Right. Because that's the nature of a sensory neural hearing loss, sure. but it's going to be a lot better. What, what do you find um, having been in practice for as long as you've been in practice? Like, is this a, one of the common things people talk about when they come to you? Like I'm fine it's, by myself, but in a group it's setting, the most common. Oh, okay. Thing. It's the, it's, the number one thing people tell me got it before and after treating the hearing loss. Oh really? You know? Oh yeah. I mean with a high frequency with a typical presbycusic hearing loss, like due to aging yeah. or something like that, or high frequency from noise exposure, that is going to really make background noise difficult. Got right? it. We treat the hearing loss. People can communicate much easy, much more easily, but we're relying on technology to overcome what the brain is supposed yep. to be doing or yep. what we're relying on the brain to do. Yeah. And what we know is the brain works pretty efficiently. And yep. so the combination of those things takes a little bit of time and a little bit of rehabilitation. So it can work really well. This is, this will be the question that we end on. Yeah. Typically on yeah. average, understanding that everybody is different when somebody comes to you and they say, I'm struggling to hear and you diagnose and you treat them with hearing aids and they go back out into the world. What is the time frame to them for them to start being comfortable wearing the hearing aids sure. with the world around them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of that depends on the fitting of the hearing aids okay. and how well they adapt initially. And so some, some of my patients I'll start in a full prescription. Some, sure. some patients can't handle it. Yeah. And so we'll, you know, we'll verify the prescription is correct, but we can, uh, you know, on a percentage basis, back it off a little bit and automatically have it work itself yeah. back up there. So two to four weeks is pretty typical. I okay. would say if a patient can't handle it right out of the gate, two to four weeks is where I start. Got it. Um, some patients need more time, but but I also, to put a big red bow on this thing, big time. I also like to make the recommendation for some of those um, oral rehabilitation programs, whether you're working one-on-one -on -one with a doctor or, or um, um, you know, a therapist, or whether you're looking at like listening and communication enhancement, it's sure. called LACE. You, that's an online program you can pay for. And it really helps in some of those situations to kind of retrain your brain on what to listen to. Got it. Yeah. Love it. Whenever we wrap up an episode, I always have this thing playing in my head. It's that old PSA, the more you know. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And I credit that for you because nice. you provide the information. I just <laughs> ask the stupid questions. Yeah. But stupid questions, stupid information. Hey, we no. love it. That's what we're, we're here for. Stupid people. <laughs> but when it comes <laughs> to hearing loss and hearing health care, the more you know is in fact better. Yeah. And you can learn more about this topic and many others at askanaudiologist.com. And to you, Dr. Michael, I say marvelous job today. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Not as, not as good as you, though. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. You can find more information at askanaudiologist.com. And you can follow us on all our social channels at askanaudiologist. The information provided on this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. I guarantee you I know as little as anybody <laughs> despite me hosting this podcast. So I'll tell you this, frequency and pitch is the same thing. Okay. And what's great is she thinks I know what pitch is. <laughs> you do. Outside of baseball. You do. <laughs>